Goodbye January, hello February. Snow hasn't come, but we still have the latest and greatest news and activities happening around the county. I'm Victoria Davis. And I'm Kristen Smith. Let's start off with a family-friendly event that explores the arts. The Enchanted by the Arts Festival features food, hands-on art projects, live performances, and new art exhibits. This event is free and open to the public, but there is something for everyone for the family to enjoy. Food will be served from 11 to 4 p.m., so you can enjoy without stopping all the fun. The Enchanted by the Arts Festival is Saturday, February 8th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Cultural Arts Center at Glen Allen. Victoria, you know February is known as the Month of Love. Our advocate for the aging is hosting a Love Your Heart Senior Valentine's Day celebration for those 60 years young and older. Celebrate Valentine's Day with great entertainment, food, fun, and best of all, friends. The party takes place Friday, February 14th, of course, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Eastern Henrico Recreation Center. Admission is free, but an RSVP is requested by February 10th to Sarah Morris at 501-5065. Victoria, you know 2020 is a big year for both the federal government and Henrico County. Really? What makes 2020 so special other than all the other things happening in the government world? Well, it's time for the 2020 Census. This is a national survey conducted every 10 years by the U.S. government. They hope to count every resident in every state, county, city, and town. It's a big job. The results of the census help the feds determine how much funding to give to each municipality. So Justin Beck is a partnership specialist with the U.S. Census Bureau, and he's here to tell us more about the effort. Now, Justin, start by explaining why it's so important for everyone to be counted. Definitely. First, I'd like to say thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, talk to the Henrico residents, and in particular about how important this is. It really is. It can't be overstated how important it is. It has two really important functions. One is it directs $675 billion in federal funding back to the localities. Now, that's a set number, so that budget is there moving forward. What we have to determine is based on population. So the higher the population is, the larger the funding amount is coming back to the locality. So if we have an undercount in Henrico, then you'll have an underfunding uh, amount coming back to the localities as well. The second thing is representation. So uh, most people may know from their civics class back in high school, uh, there's 435 representatives across the U.S. in the House of Representatives. And every 10 years when we do the census, we reshuffle those representatives. So if Virginia loses population, we lose one of our 13 representatives. If we uh, gain population, we'll add a 14th and another state could possibly lose a representative. So it's very important for maintaining uh, the proper representation, and they use it not only at the federal level, but at the state and local levels as well, because census data is the gold standard for statistical information about the population. So as you can imagine, they're going to look at that population count for the areas around here to determine state representatives. They're going to use it for local representatives. They're going to use it for school districts. So all that information is very, very important. And that's why it's so important we get an accurate count of everybody here in the United States. Can you talk about the process? How do you go out and count every person that's living in Henrico County? Yeah. So this year, the process is new and different than we've ever done it before. For years, you heard from Census Bureau, if it's not on paper, it's not the census. Well, we have entered the 21st century, and now you can do it online or over the phone. So starting in mid-March, uh, March 12th is when the first mailers will go out across the United States of America. Some individuals in our community may receive the invitation to respond on March 12th. Some may receive it a week after that or a couple days after that. It all depends because we're sending it out in waves so that we don't overwhelm our IT systems and also overwhelm the call centers while people are calling to report. So that initial letter that you receive will have a code on it attached to your address. 
That code is what you're going to use to either go online or go over the phone and answer the questions to the census. If you don't do it online or over the phone, in a few weeks, you'll receive a reminder postcard that will again have that code, and it'll tell the information on there saying, well, you received the letter, please go online or over the phone and get it done at that point. Also, if people don't know the code, they can still answer the census. They just have to put in their address. It's all based on address, not on individuals. After that, on the third uh, attempt to contact, we'll send out through the mail a reminder to do it online or over the phone. But in that third reminder, you're, reminder you'll receive a paper census. So just like the old way of doing it, you write it down on paper and send it back. So that'll come the third time. The fourth reminder that you get will say, hey, we've given you an opportunity to do it online or over the phone. We sent you the paper one, still haven't heard anything. Then the fifth reminder that comes oh, out after five that times. Yep, will be to notify them that enumerators have been dispatched to their household. So that's that fifth reminder saying people are going to show up and knock on your door and ask these questions. I really want people that are listening to this to, to realize too, census is not going to call your house initially to ask you to respond. It's on the, uh, the, the population of our, our residents to go ahead and contact census and give them the information. So if, you know, being wary of scammers and people that mm -hmm. might misrepresent themselves as census, you're not going to have somebody call your house around March 12th saying this is the census. That's not how this process is going to work. But you will have individuals come and knock on the door from the Census Bureau who have identifying badges to show that they work for the Census Bureau. And there's two other ways to verify. You, we will contact the local police to let them know that we have enumerators and clerks out in, the, you know, around the different residences. We will also have a hotline that people can call, which is listed on our 2020census.gov website, where you can report fraud or scammers in your area. And it links directly to the local area census office so that they can confirm at that moment whether there are people from census in your, in your community or not. So I'm curious, what kind of information do people have to give? Because there are going to be people sure. skeptical, cynical. Why do you need this info? Yeah. So first and foremost, I want to make it clear to everybody that privacy and confidentiality is the most important thing to the Census Bureau. We do not use any information that's collected on the census against the individuals who are answering it. What that means is we don't share it with any enforcement agency, and we are not an enforcement agency. It is also against federal law for any census employee to share any personal information that is collected on the census from any person in the United States of America. With that comes a $250,000 fine and a five-year prison sentence for anybody who does that. And that goes all the way to the very top of the Census Bureau. If the president or the FBI or ICE were to come to me and ask for any personal information from anyone on the census, I would not disclose and would be, uh, you know, uh, breaking the law if I did that. Okay. That's across the board. I always tell people the story of in 1980 in Colorado Springs, the FBI showed up with a warrant to a Census Bureau office and they asked for all the documentation at the office. The Census Bureau uh, employees refused and turned the FBI away. They went back to court and tried to uh, force the, the Census Bureau to turn over the information, and they lost the court case. The judge ruled in favor of the Census Bureau. And so all precedent, all law, all code is very clear that your information is protected. Now, what's going to be on there? There's only nine questions that we ask, and they all have to do with demographics. So the initial nine questions are the first person reporting the answers in the household. They're going to answer questions like male or female. They're going to say their racial uh, background. They're going to talk about whether they rent or buy or they bought the house that they live in. They're going to talk about what the relationship of the other people in the household are to them. Then they're going to answer seven additional questions for the other individuals that are living in the home. The smaller the household, the easier and more quickly you'll be able to complete the census. But for a household that has multi-generational, uh, it's multi-generational, has a lot of people living in the home, or has someone temporarily living in the home with them, 
you need to make sure you include those people on there as well. And it may take a few more minutes, but it's really important because there's federal funding tied to every individual that answers the census. So any person that we miss, especially children, is going to cost our locality. In 2010, we missed a million kids on the 2010 census. We know that because we cross-reference other documentation, other government agencies. We're able to get that information and, and make sure we've got an accurate count of the population. We know in 2010, we missed a million. So a priority of the Census Bureau going forward is to make sure that we count every child that lives in our community. Um, Some other groups we're concerned about, uh, obviously people who who, uh, don't speak English. We have tons of multi-language resources to teach about the census, how important it is, and how to actually complete it that are available through our website as well. Um, We have language guides for people to be able to go through and answer the questions. Even if they're in English, they can read along in their own native language to figure out how to answer it. Um, We're worried about people that move frequently. So we have uh, programs built in to make sure that we have them. We're worried about people experiencing homelessness. So we actually have a service-based enumeration where people are going to go out in the community and count those who don't have a home. We're also concerned about veterans. Uh, we have a lot of veterans and military personnel that move around quite a bit, and maybe they don't uh, take the time to sit down and make sure that they're counted on the census. So we want to make sure that people understand that those funds and those localities where you're living really depend on answering the census. So in order to get all of these people counted, what opportunities are there out there to get people involved or engaged with helping, helping Great with question. the census? Yeah, so the, the most important thing about census is to establish trust and it also make it clear to the people that it's to their own benefit. We look to hire people living in the communities to work in their own communities. That's what we want to see. So with that, we're hiring 500,000 people across the United States of America. Now, those jobs are available now and they're at 2020census.gov jobs. You don't need a resume to apply. You just go through a series of questions and hiring is going on now. For Henrico in particular, it's $21 an hour minimum that you would make part-time working for the Census Bureau. There are some full-time uh, positions still available as well. My position, they're hiring for uh, you know a lot of different positions across the uh, state of Virginia as well. So it's very important that people go on there, go through the process now, because we want people trained and on the ground starting in March. So uh, you know, I would say, if you are interested, do it today. Get on that website and apply, because you're not gonna find a better part-time job that pays uh, this well, gives you reimbursement for travel inside the community, You never have to work more than 20 miles from your home and you set your own schedule. So you contact your, uh, you you know, your uh, coordinator and you say, I can only work Tuesdays at this time, Fridays at this time. And you put it on the schedule. So So, what website is that again? So it's 2020census.gov slash jobs. And I think it's really important, too, for people to realize, you know, this is also an opportunity for public service. This is an opportunity to do something that's really important, to be a part of a big mission and help accomplish that mission successfully across the U.S. So it's a really neat opportunity. And what is the time frame for the census? Sure. So this is a three to five month position for a lot of people. So it's going to be March going into the end of July. Uh, That's pretty much uh, set in stone that people are going to have jobs for that period of time. Uh, Some of them may be extended beyond that. So it's really up to the individual. Um, I think it's also really important when they do the application process that they put a minimum of 20 hours on the application because even if they can't work 20 hours a week in order to be considered for the position going forward, they look for that as a minimum. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Justin. I hope we'll all take part of our civic duty and complete the census to say that I count. That's it. Everybody counts. Don't forget that. And you know what? Uh, Census is very, very cool and a neat thing, too. And I think people forget that it's an opportunity to make sure that you are recorded in history because for 72 years, this information is protected. But for ancestry purposes, people can look back and go, hey, I was living in Henrico back in uh, 2020. And their ancestors will be able to look back and see that. It's It's a pretty neat thing. 
Awesome. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you all. Not only is it 2020, it's Leap Year, which lends itself nicely to a special Leap Day concert with Virginia's finest Desiree Roots. She's a triple threat talent. She's an actress, dancer, and singer. On February 29th from 7 to 9 p.m., join her at the Henrico Theater for a night of jazz, classical, and gospel music from many of the great musical legends. Tickets are on sale for only $10 and get them now before they sell out. February is also Black History Month, and we've dedicated an entire YouTube playlist to shows that spotlight influential African-Americans from our area. From hometown hero Arthur Ashe to pioneer educator Virginia Randolph. You can find those stories and more on the Henrico County Government YouTube channel or on HCTV. That's channel 17 on Comcast and channel 39 on Verizon. We'll also be showcasing these stories on county social media. The county celebrates Black History Month with events across the county from the public library to recreation and parks. Every Thursday in February at the Fairfield Area Library, they read aloud picture books selected for the Coretta Scott King Award. The Coretta Scott King Book Awards are given out annually to outstanding African-American authors and illustrators of books for children and young adults that demonstrate an appreciation of African-American culture and universal human values. They read these sessions aloud at 6 p.m. every Thursday evening in February. Have you ever wondered how the United States was originated? Come re-examine the early history of the United States through the experiences of people of color. Local historians, authors, and community members will share their stories of actions, ideas, and answer questions. Audience participation is encouraged, and copies of the historical materials being talked about will be available for the audience. The event is sponsored by the Gilder Learman Institute for American History and the American Library Association. The event's scheduled for Tuesday, February 4th at 7 p.m. at the Verina Library. This Emmy Award-winning documentary from 13 News Now examines the extraordinary story of the first Africans who arrived in English North America. A screening of the movie 20 and Odd Africans Arrival in 1619 is scheduled for Friday, February 21st at 10 a.m. at the Twin Hickory Library. It's a unique opportunity to watch the 30-minute film alongside its creators and people central to the production. Then there's a Q&A afterwards with the filmmakers. Along with history, February is all about awareness, and February is American Heart Month. Kristen, did you know that heart disease is the leading cause of death for men, women, and people of most racial and ethnic groups in the United States? It is, Victoria. It really is a problem, and so often heart disease goes undetected until it's too late. But there are, however, many ways you can prevent heart disease by just being informed and putting what you hear into action. Exactly. Little things such as nutrition and exercise are just some ways to prevent heart disease. And we all know healthy hearts make for long, happy lives. Yes, they do. Now, just one final footnote for February. If you plan to vote in the Democratic primary, you need to register by the 10th of this month. That's right, Kristen. The 10th is the last day to register, transfer your registration, or even change your address. But for more information, go online to henrico.us slash registrar. Well, that wraps up the shortest month of the year. We'll be back on March 1st with more Henrico happenings. Bye-bye. Bye.